Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello and welcome to the program, UFO Warning. In this episode, we are looking at the alien abduction of Zygmunt Adamski. That's correct, the alien abduction of Zygmunt Adamski. Or was it? Now, this is a strange case that just to this day has not really been solved adequately, I don't think. You had a gentleman by the name of Zygmunt Adamski back in 1980. He was due to go to a wedding the following day, him and his wife. He said he needed to go out and do a little shopping, so he left the house on foot, as I understand it. Five days later, they found him on top of a 15-foot-tall pile of coal at a local coal yard. He was dead, of course. He was missing his shirt and his watch. He was wearing a suit. Now, from what I found, the suit was a nice suit that didn't belong to him. The buttons on it had been haphazardly buttoned as if somebody had dressed him and didn't know for sure how to put a suit on. He also had burns on the back of his neck, treated with some sort of strange gel that was gel that was never identified. And the coroner said he had a terribly horrified look on his face, like he'd been scared to death. Now, they really couldn't figure out how he got to the top of that coal pile because there was no coal dust on that suit. And he certainly wouldn't have been able to climb up there without getting some dust on himself. Not a, 15, not a 56-year-old man climbing a 15-foot pile of chunks of coal. It just didn't make any sense. It's almost like he was placed there as if he was staged by some strange serial killer, but there were no tracks of a serial killer. Now, the first article I want to look at is from uh, bbc.co.uk. It's dated Monday, the 3rd of February, 2003, so it's been a while. It says, Alien Abduction Claims in Yorkshire, A Mysterious Disappearance, A Body with Strange Burns, and an Inexplicable Substance that Baffled Scientists. Inside Out investigates the presence of paranormal activity in the death of a Yorkshire miner. Zygmunt Adamski, a 56-year-old miner, went missing from his home in Tingley near Wakefield in June 1980. He'd gone out to do some shopping. To Zygmunt's colleagues at Lofthouse Colliery, it was a complete mystery. Five days after he disappeared, Zygmunt's body was discovered 20 miles from his home at Coal Yard in Todd Morden. Zygmunt's body was lying on top of a pile of coal. He was wearing a suit but his shirt, watch, and wallet were missing. On the back of his head, neck, and shoulders were mysterious burns, which attracted lots of attention. James Turnbull, the coroner who dealt with Sigmund's death, says it's the biggest mystery of his career. The coroner was baffled because although Sigmund had been missing for five days, he only had one day's growth of beard. So he's been gone for five days. Did he stop and take time to shave before he somehow levitated himself on top of that pile of coal? We don't know. 
he says the question of where he was before he died and what led to his death just could not be answered. James also said a strange ointment that appeared to have been used on Zygmunt's burns could not be identified by forensic scientists. Exhaustive checks failed to reveal any record of Zygmunt having been treated at any hospital during his missing five days. It was at this point that questions began occurring regarding the origin of this inexplicable ointment and who applied it to Zygmunt. So somebody, Zygmunt somehow had got these strange burns on the back of his neck. And then we have this ointment that had been applied to these burns. But the investigators were unable to discern what type of ointment this was. What, what was the chemical combination of this stuff? It says it was not just the usual investigators. The police and coroners who were attracted to this case, one of the most famous UFOologists of all time, also called Adamski, offered his own amazing theories on the tragedy. He believed aliens from outer space abducted the Yorkshire miner by mistake. The speculation of an extraterrestrial encounter was fueled by the policeman who originally found Zygmunt's body, Alan Godfrey. Six months after finding Zygmunt's body, Alan Godfrey was again on duty in Todd Morden at 5 a.m. He claims he also encountered a UFO, which made headlines all over the world. Alan says, I wish I'd never seen the UFO, particularly because of the effects on my children. It's not easy having a policeman as a father, but when he's a policeman who saw a UFO, it's even worse. This was a huge turning point in Alan Godfrey's life. He left the police force and has a new role as a speaker at charity fundraising events. In the past 20 years, there have been many claimed sightings in the Pennine Hills around Todd Morden. It's regarded as the as Britain's UFO hotspot, but serious UFO watchers dismiss most of these Pennine sightings as just lights in the sky. The coroner is equally unconvinced about the presence of paranormal activity. So, even though we've got a body that's somehow been staged on top of this pile of coal with these mysterious burns in the back of the neck, and an ointment applied to them, like this green gel that they can't even they can't even determine what it is, still nothing to see here. The coroner is equally unconvinced about the presence of paranormal activity, although he ha although he still has a raft of unanswered questions regarding Zygmunt's death. James is opting for an earthly rather than an alien explanation at present. But he does say in 50, in 50 years' time, if we discover aliens have been visiting us and we didn't know about it, then that might give an answer. But after all these years, Alan Godfrey still has no doubts, leaving thoughts of extraterrestrial in the minds of all those involved. Hmm. Yeah, the guy that found the body, he has no doubts. The coroner does. Here it is, 40 years later. Now, that's that was 23 years after the fact. If we just fast forward here a little bit um, to this article from the mirror.cu.uk, this talks a little bit about the uh, UFO aspect of this. Now, it's got a picture of this retired police officer, Alan Godfrey. It says, and it's got a picture of him, it says, Godfrey claimed he saw a UFO hovering up hovering over Todd Morden, West York in 1980. And then the title says, Traffic Officer Gobsmacked After Filming UFO Hovering in Skies While on Patrol. Retired cop PC Alan Godfrey claimed he saw a UFO hovering over Todd Morden, West York's in 1980, and insist it was covered up by the MOD and his superiors. Well, I remember Nick Pope, he worked for the MOD. By Lucy Scowling, it says, freelance writer, dated, this article is dated December 
6, 2020. It says a retired cop who claims he witnessed an infamous UFO has spoken out about ahead of the 40th anniversary of the sighting and insists it was covered up by the MOD and his superiors. PC Alan Godfrey was gobsmacked when he spotted a diamond-shaped object hovering over the road while on patrol. He was searching for a herd of missing cows when he encountered the strange craft in Tormorden, West York on November 28, 1980. Now, 40 years on, he remains as mystified as ever, but remembers the sighting vividly. And this got a picture of the old boy here. Alan 73 said, after 40 years, the encounter is as fresh in my mind as though it was yesterday, but the mystery of what it, of what it was remains unanswered. It says, at first he thought he was looking at a bus or a hot air balloon that had crashed, but, a cl but on closer inspection, he realized he was seeing something out of this world. He grabbed a pen and drew a scratch of the UFO in his police notebook after his radio failed to work. He noticed a bottom was rotating. Suddenly, there was a bright flash, and he was, and he was 30 foot further down the road. The object had vanished. He drove back to the scene and discovered the road was dry despite it having rained. A bus traveling on the road stopped, and the driver got out to notice the same thing. Alan returned to the station, but couldn't account for 25 minutes of what alien abduction researchers called missing time. He also had a split boot, but couldn't account for it. So this guy appears as though he's been abducted. He has missing time. It says, under hypnosis arranged by solicitor Harry Harris several months later, he recalled seeing small beings and a tall man with a beard on the craft who conducted medical tests on him. Under hypnosis arranged by solicitor Harry Harris several months later, he recalled seeing small beings and a tall man with a beard on the craft who conducted medical tests on him. His encounter is regarded by researchers as a first alien abduction in the UK. Six months earlier, Alan found the body of a Polish man who had been missing for five days on top of a pile of coal and toward Warden. Zygmunt Adamski, 56, had burn marks on his neck, head, and shoulders, and a strange ointment on the marks which, w which could not be identified by scientists. James Turnbull, the coroner who dealt with Zygmunt's death, said it was the biggest mystery of his career. Allen, who has raised thousands for charities with public talks over the years, believes dark forces tried to silence him from speaking out about his UFO experience. He received letters from Professor Valery Sarkov of the Institute of Sciences and Technology in Moscow expressing interest in his sighting and another big case, the Rendlesham Forest incident four weeks later, which involved U.S. military personnel from RAF Bentwaters in Suffolk. So that kind of gives us a time frame on this thing. You have this Zygmunt uh, Adamski that goes missing there in June of 1980. Then you have this police officer here, Alan, he sees this uh, UFO in November of 1980, and then uh, toward the end of December, you have the Rendlesham case in 1980. So a lot of activity going on in this area. It says, Alan believes his phone was then paid a visit from a mystery man from the Ministry of Defense. So maybe they were tracking this guy, he gets a call from somebody in the Soviet Union, Boy, back then, that would have been a big, big red flag. Speaking to UFO Chronicles, Alan said the powers that be decided to discredit me. It started very small and built into a crescendo that went from the sublime to the ridiculous. I've never understood why they did it. There must have been a reason for what they did to me. I got a letter from, from a professor at Moscow University. He wanted to know if I could assist him 
with my encounter and an encounter that took place on an American air base in Suffolk. I'd never heard of it then, but it happened four weeks after my encounter. Like an idiot, but because I was a copper and wanted everything to be in the open, I passed on the letter to my superiors. It was shortly after that I met a man from the ministry. I think he thought he was James Bond. Just call me the man from the ministry, that's all he said when I was being interviewed and he was set in, as he sat in the corner. We talk about some arrogance. This man had a file with him. It was about an inch thick. He was reading it. I could see my drawing I'd done was in it. As he was fumbling about, I could see a sudden death report. I recognized it straight away. It was a Damsky's file, so they'd been put, so they'd put them both together. So they're connecting the dots. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Why, I don't know. Because the Russians were involved, I was asked to keep in contact with this professor and pass on any letters I'd get to my superiors who would pass it on to the man from the ministry. RF Bentwaters was an RF station with the, which the Americans used. There had a nu- they had a nuclear base there. He's PC, plod stuck in the middle of it. Looking back, I was being treated like blank. My, feeling, my file doesn't exist at the Ministry of Defense because if it did, it would have been released by now. I have to ask myself where it is. Well, probably sitting in a vault somewhere where you're never going to get a look at it. Where is Adamski's file? Why did the man from the Ministry have both files? My file is one piece of paper with a report on it about what happened that night and a drawing. I'd see, I had sent it to divisional office who sent it to the Ministry of Defense. Either it's been classified or the police got rid of it, which I doubt because the man from the ministry would have gotten involved. Alan, now a granddad of three and has recently battled a brain aneurysm and sepsis, remains open-minded about his alien abduction. He believes he may have jumbled up memories of a book he read about an American couple, couple called Betty and Barney Hill who claimed they were abducted by aliens in 1961, but he's now convinced he saw a strange craft 40 years ago, adding, if I'd thrown a brick at it, it would have gone bang. It's 40 years since the incident, and I've never tried to influence anyone's opinions about UFOs or aliens. I just got on with my life. I had more important things in my life back then. I got I got two combinations as a copper, which you don't get very often. I just love my job. I'm not out to convince anybody what's the point. What I saw that night was a nuts and bolts solid object. It wasn't an hallucination. It didn't fall asleep. I didn't fall asleep. I've been driving police cars on nights for years. All I saw that night was an unidentified flying object. I had no idea whether it was extraterrestrial or man-made. I'd like to believe it was extraterrestrial because it was fascinating. I don't know. When Frank Skinner said to me on his show, did it have a GB sticker on it? He was trying to be funny. I said, no, Frank. It weren't a GB sticker. It was a WBA sticker. It belonged to the West Bromwich Albion. In 2017, Alan's book, Who or What Were They?, was published. He added, I just wanted to write down in my own words what happened, as there have been a lot of hearsay over the years. Philip Mantle, former director of investigations of the British UFO Research Association and author of Without Consent, said, 
Whatever one may think or believe regarding UFO close encounter cases, there is no doubt that there is one such incident that stands out here in the UK. Wow. So that's kind of his perspective of it. I mean, you have this police officer that found uh, Mr. Uh, Zygmunt's dead body and and he's telling you then later he had his own UFO experience and then a few months after, or six weeks after that rather, we had the Rendlesham Forest uh, UFO sighting. A lot of activity going on. Now this last article I want to look at is from history.cu.uk. This kind of ties this all together. This was written the date so there's no actual date on this article, but you can find it at history.co.uk. It's called Sky History. The Todd Morden UFO Mystery, Close Encounters in West Yorkshire. On the 6th of June, 1980, 56-year-old coal miner Zygmunt Adamski left his home in Tingley, West Yorkshire, to do some shopping. He never returned. On the 9th of June, his body was found on top of a 10-foot-high pile of coal in the town of Todd Morden, 20 miles away from his house. Now, they say 10-foot here. A lot of everything else I read said 15-foot. Sent to investigate, local Bobby Allen Godfrey discovered that while Adamski was wearing a suit, his shirt, wallet, and watch were all missing. Adamski's hair had been cropped in what P.C. Godfrey described as a roughly cut manner, and he only had one day's growth of beard despite being missing for five days. Several days, it says here. The young policeman also reported that Adamski had mysterious burns on his neck, head, and shoulders. The coroner, James Turnbull, confirmed that some of the burns had been treated with a strange ointment that could not be identified by forensic scientists. Godfrey later said that Adamski looked like he had been frightened to death. Speaking to reporters, P.C. Godfrey said there was a possibility Adamski had been abducted by aliens. I am open-minded, he said. I can't rule it out. The true cause of the Lofthouse, of the Lofthouse Colliery worker's death remains a mystery to this day. One wild theory that did the rounds at the time was that Adamski had been killed by the KGB. Another suggested he had been struck by ball lightning, which caused him to wander off confused and eventually die atop the pile of coal. To many people, though, there was only one explanation. Adamski encountered alien beings on his way to the shops, and it had cost him his life. Five months after the grisly discovery of Adamski's body, Todd Morden once again found himself at the center of media attention. This time, it was none other than P.C. Godfrey, who was in the eye of the storm. Sent out at five in the morning to deal with a call about escaped cattle on a housing estate, Godfrey was, according to his own account, stopped dead in his tracks by what he claimed was an unidentified flying object. Godfrey said the object was a bright light in the sky, a rotating diamond-shaped vessel 20 feet high and 14 feet wide. Godfrey made a quick sketch of the object in his notebook and then grabbed his police radio to call the incident in. The line was dead. Suddenly it disappeared in a bright flash and Godfrey found himself sitting in his car 30 yards further down the road. Looking at his watch, the, police was, the policeman was surprised to see it was 25 minutes later than it had been just moments before. Now, remember here, he says when he came to, he woke up 30 yards down the road 25 minutes later, so he definitely has lost time. Stranger still, his boot was split open and an itchy mark had appeared on one of his feet. And I would definitely be checking that out for implants. Baffled, Godfrey returned to where he had seen the light and discovered that the road where his car had been was, in, was completely dry. 
despite the fact that it had recently been raining. Getting out to investigate the area, he found the cows he had been looking for in a park next to the road. They had not been there before he saw the strange object in the sky. What on earth was going on? So it's like these cows were just put there for him, maybe. When he finally managed to report his strange encounter, Godfrey was met with skepticism and even ridicule. On the advice of a solicitor friend, he decided to see a hypnosis and hypnotist to get to the bottom of what he had witnessed. Under hypnosis, Godfrey recalled that he had been blinded by the light and passed out. He told the, hypno the hypnotist that when he awoke, he was in a strange room being examined by several little creatures and a tall humanoid figure with a beard. Again, his claims were met with raised eyebrows and derision. Several weeks after Godfrey's account had leaked to the newspaper and became an international news story, he was called into his inspector's office. There sat a man in a dark suit and tie who introduced himself as the man for the ministry. He had with him a file containing Godfrey's drawing of the strange craft. Godfrey wasn't allowed to see the rest of the file, but assumed it also contained his account of the evening's events, plus his report on the mysterious death of Zygmunt Adamski. The man told Godfrey that he was to swear on the Official Secrets Act that he would not talk to anyone about what he seen. Godfrey reluctantly agreed. The young policeman then encountered the man on several occasions over the next few days. It was clear he was being followed. Eventually, Godfrey confronted the man in his local pub, telling him to clear off. The man disappeared and was never seen again. Now remember, and the article I just read here from Godfrey, he did explain that he had been contacted by a professor in the Soviet Union. That would explain a lot as to why these guys might be following him around. So it says, so who was this mysterious man? Was he an MI5 agent sent to warn him off? That's what Godfrey believes. Though another theory is that the stranger was actually from the West Yorkshire Police sent to warn Godfrey off from speaking to the press in an attempt to not draw any more attention to the force. They were probably getting a considerable amount of bad, of bad publicity over the Yorkshire Ripper case. And then it says, despite that it later trans, despite it later transpiring that several other police officers and a bus driver had seen strange lights on the same morning, Godfrey's claims were seen as an embarrassment to the force. He was eventually transferred to Wakefield, and an attempt was even made to have him sectioned. Gordon later claimed that he was hounded out of the police for refusing to give up on his story. He also talked to the negative impact the incident had had on his family. I wish I'd never seen the UFO, particularly because of the effects on my children, he was later to reflect. It's not easy having a policeman as a father, but when he's a policeman who saw a UFO, it's even worse. Since the two incidents in 1980, Todd Morden and other areas of West Yorkshire have become UFO hotspots. Mysterious objects have been reported for 40 years across the Pennines in the skies above Holmirth Rothwell and in 2016 over the world-famous Ribblehead Viaduct where strange lights could be seen hovering in the sky for several hours. A mere year after Godfrey's experience, Todd Morden local Vicki Dinsdale was out walking her dog with her grandfather when they saw a long, thin, diamond-shaped object that kept changing color. Vicki's grandfather, a former sergeant in the Army, told the young girl to keep what they saw to themselves, mindful of the ridicule visited on Godfrey. Well, maybe he's also afraid what the government might do. So is there an explanation for what happened to Zygmunt Adamski and P.C. Godfrey, or indeed for the numerous incidents that have happened in the four decades since? 
Despite many people attempting to get to the bottom of the intriguing mystery, no one has ever managed to come up with a definitive answer. In the case of Adamski, the state of his clothes, his cropped hair, one day of beer growth, and strange burns still baffle people to this day. Don't forget that there was also an ointment on his body that scientists could not identify. As for Godfrey's account, we have just this we have just his word to go on, but if he's simply making it up, it's been to his own personal detriment. He has lost both his job and a lot of credibility, becoming a figure of ridicule to many. He also lost his family and his home and slid into alcoholism. Despite all of this, he still swears that something out of the ordinary happened to him on that night. Plus, there's a small matter uh, that he wasn't the only one who reported strange goings on that morning. This was a nuts and bolts craft, not a trick of the mind, Godfrey told the audience in Halifax back in 2014. I have never seen anything like it. I would swear in the Bible it was from somewhere else. These things have been seen so many times above Tom Warden, they call the area UFO Alley. So then it says, did aliens have something to do with the death of 56-year-old minor and ruin the life of young police officer in, small, in a small Yorkshire market town in 1980? The answer is, we'll probably never know for sure. For skeptics, the idea of alien abduction is a load of nonsense. For those like the group who meet at the Golden Lion Pub and Todd Morden once a month to discuss these incidents, as well as their own brushes with UFOs, things aren't quite so black and white. Wow, pretty good article, actually. So you see what happened here. We had this fellow, Zygmunt Adamski, go missing in June of 1980. They find his body in a pile of coal. His shirt's missing. His watch is missing. He's wearing a strange suit that's not buckled up properly. And someone's cut chunks of hair out of his head. And he has this horrible expression on his face that they said made it look like he could have died from fright. We have no idea how he got up there on that pile of coal because his coal, his clothes were not covered in dust like they should have been for somebody who would have climbed this, you know, filthy, dirty black pile of coal. It's almost like he was posed there. The same sort of thing that we see happen with so many of these victims that come out of the people that show up out of the national park system in the U.S. Oftentimes when they find the bodies, it's almost as if they're posed in some places, you know, at some distance from where they disappeared at. Oftentimes, up the side of a mountain, up a steep side of a mountain. Oftentimes, it looks like they've been drugged through a heavy timber, and their body and face is lacerated from slapping you know, these these thorns and brushes and sticks and what's not. Very strange way that the bodies are found. Oftentimes, and this is what it appears with this guy. You know, how did he get that different suit on? Why was why why was he why did he only have a day's growth? A beard when he'd been gone for five days and then on top of that then you have this police officer and other people seeing this ufo right in that vicinity just a few months later and then again after that you had the Rendlesham uh, ufo incident on the u.s uh, air force base there in the uk all these things may or may not be tied together especially when you consider uh, this the police officer's visit with the guy from the mod how that whole thing's been handled we really have to ask ourselves, was Zygmunt Adamski abducted by aliens and left for dead on top of that pile of coal over 40 years ago? Until next time, this is UFO Warning, over and out.